everyone in this episode i am going to be dropping some books on y'all all right books for the whole family these books are about empowerment these books are about changing the narrative all right so you all stay tuned and you got to make sure that you have your notebooks and pens for this episode hello everyone and welcome to another episode of real reading talk I am your most gracious host, Miss Sation. And with the World Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation, as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I welcome you all again. Oh my goodness, I love the fact uh, when I see my newbies in the house, I appreciate you all so much. Uh, for subscribing uh, to my YouTube channel where I upload these episodes. My YouTube channel is Reading is Freedom. Also, you can listen to these episodes on Apple Podcasts. I'm so happy that I'm able to say that now before I was reluctant to say that because I wasn't for sure if they were getting uploaded to Apple Podcasts. So shout out to uh, Miss Ebony Donnelly for informing me, informing me about that, uh, letting me know that this this is uh, Apple Podcasts is where she listens uh, to Real Reading Talk. And I'm like, I was like, for real? I'm like, it's on Apple Podcasts? I thought it was just on Google, Spotify, Anchor, and then uh, some other ones that aren't very well known. And so when she said that, I was like, oh, shoot. I'm like, okay, so now you guys, for y'all folks who have those iPhones, you all can listen on Apple Podcasts as well. And of course, again, to my old heads, thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Um, And please make sure you give comments, reviews, all that, because you can do reviews on Apple Podcasts too, which I like that. So make sure you rate it, you know, give me a five star and make sure that you put some uh, comments as well. So I'm about to get right on into what I want to talk about today. All right. So I know a lot, a lot of times I talk about, obviously, this is real reading talk. So I mention a lot of different uh, books that I have read, uh, books that I've heard from other people uh, that they have recommended as well, books that I believe uh, that can help, that can at least uh, give you all a foundation as to where you can start in terms of changing the narrative. All right. Because one thing that we have to understand is that we are in a system that is called white supremacy. I use the term, the false notion of white supremacy that I got from Professor James Small. And I like the way he describes it because there ain't nothing supreme about white oppression. Okay, ain't nothing supreme about nobody being oppressive, right? However, we have to talk about the aspect of white supremacy because that is the system that we're living in. And to quote Dr. Neely Fuller Jr., who is the mentor, uh, who was the mentor rather to the late Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, and he said this, if you do not understand white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything else you think you understand will only confuse you, all right? What does all of that mean? Simply put, when you start seeing things like, for example, when you're seeing the police brutality, 
when you go into the school systems and you see majority of the classrooms that are ran by majority white women. When you go into places of business and you typically see black people who are cleaning, which is nothing wrong with that. Like I said before, of course, that's a dignified position. However, we get relegated to things like, oh, okay, you all can clean, you all can serve, you all can answer the phones. However, when it comes to making decisions, uh, you people are feeble-minded. You don't really understand how things work. So we have to run the business, but we'll delegate this, even though it's a nonprofit that services Black people you know, white people got to make the decisions, right? So when you all understand the system of white supremacy, then all of those things that you see won't confuse you. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because that's a lot of times where us as Black people, you have folks who are stuck. Now, me, I know my lane. My lane is literacy in Black people, empowering our folks to get into reading and to learning about yourself, having confidence in who you are, trusting who you are, okay? Getting back to the core, the roots, the values that you know that your ancestors implanted in you. It's just that a lot of things got dismembered, all right? And so now what my job and what I do in my lane is I help to remember, I help to put things back together. And my way of doing that is through the literacy space. Okay, so this is why I talk so heavily about us making sure that we are getting books that primarily, okay, we should get books that talk about other cultures as well, trust and believe, all right? But we have to make sure that we are getting books and that we are exposing ourselves and our children to literature that primarily represents Black people, Black culture, Black experiences, Black history, okay? Because again, these are the things in which our children are not going to get. They may get some things, okay? It's a whole ton of research out there about how, you know, our children uh, will get better into reading when they see themselves being reflected in the books. But when you still go into these classrooms, which I know a lot of you are still experiencing right now in 2022, after all the research, after all the folks that they got in there to talk to everybody about, yes, you know, see, the studies have shown that when uh, Black children, when they see themselves represented in the books, then, you know, this is when it's going to engage them and they're going to get more into reading. Or when they see the Black person who is the teacher in the classroom, then yes, they have a higher chance of graduating and their self-esteem, you, you hear all the research, right? All the studies are being done, but then still, when you go across the classrooms here, whether it's Cleveland, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? You know, Miami, wherever it is you go across this country, you still are going to see the same things. You'll see a, a few Black, you know, they'll hire, oh yeah, we have an influx of Black teachers that we got, Black male teachers that we got. And then you look at the curriculum, you're like, damn man, y'all still seeing Columbus Day? Because I know y'all check right on this calendar. They still say Columbus Day. Now they'll put a slash and say Indigenous People's Day. But why in the hell you got Columbus still even on there? They, they, they still can't even get rid of that after all of the research, after all of the information that we know, uh, uh, you know it on a basic level. You got people who've studied and understand what that, that, that devil Columbus did. Because he left... 
he actually left diaries and stuff behind. He left writings behind of the, the torturous things he was doing to the indigenous folks, <laughs> okay? He left the information for us, all right? But folks still, still wanna have that put on there on the calendar. You know, we, we may, we, we're not gonna say, we're gonna say Discoverer's Day. Okay, who, what do you mean Discoverer's Day? So who are you talking about though? Because the people who are already here, they already, there was nothing to discover. They already were natives to this land. And as we know, there are people who are of African descent. You go and read the book, They Came Before Columbus by Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. He talks about that as well, the black presence as well here in the Americas, okay? In the mainland, all right? So with all of that being said, again, you know, we have to do what we can. And remember, there's always things that we can do. Don't ever get hopeless. And that's one of the things that I uh, am big in terms of impressing upon you all who are listening. You know, don't get hopeless, all right? You make sure that you always believe there's something you can do. And just like I said, I have my lane. I want you all to think about what's your lane? What's your niche? And implant that in your children. Your children should always uh, be guided into what is their niche. That's why it's very important for us to do what? Pay attention to our children. It's important for us to do what? Interact with our children, engage with our children so that we can help better uh, guide them into what is their niche? What things do they do that they love to do and they do well? Okay, that brings them life, that brings them joy. Okay, all of our babies ain't going to be going to be rappers. Okay, all of our babies, you know what I'm saying, are not going to be dancers or entertainers. Okay, not, nothing, nothing wrong with those things is that, you know, again, you know, if you rapping and you rapping about things that are positive, the skill that it takes to put some dope lyrics together. Okay, uh, those analogies, those metaphors, all those different things, making those connections to other things and making it rhyme. Oh, no, that is a skill that's phenomenal, that our people, a lot of our people have mastered that skill. So ain't nothing wrong with that because you have to be well-read, right, in order to be a great rap artist. But again, like I said, that's not the only thing. Our, our children don't have to always dribble a basketball. They don't always have to throw a football, all right? So again, we have to make sure that we are um, finding out what our children are great at and what brings them joy and that they do well, okay? So with this episode, what I wanted to do, I said, I'm going to really, really hone in on making it practical because this is going to be not only an audio podcast, this is visual, okay? Now, for those of you who are listening, um, you can actually, obviously you're gonna hear what I'm about to say because I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to show uh, the books that I've read and the books that I recommend and just give you just a little, you know, a brief um, summary, if you will, uh, extremely brief, because it's about 18 books that I want to show you guys, okay? But I just wanted you all to start somewhere because a lot of times people, and, and sometimes it, you know, I have to remember that just because I'm exposed to certain things, and there are certain things in which I listen to, there are things that I read, that does not mean that a lot of uh, Black folks out here are doing the same thing, okay? And, and, and you could be Black folks who are conscious 
you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to wake up, you're trying to, you know, do different things to uh, make sure that you are like, you know what, you know, I love my black self. I want my children to grow up loving their black self, but you still may not know about the different books that are out here or different scholars who've done research. So what I decided to do, I said, well, let me dig in my own library and just show you uh, some books uh, that you can start off with. So first what I'm going to do is start off with the book, this book right here. Okay. And I've talked about this book uh, and reference it a great deal. All right. The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child. All right. And this is written by Dr. Amos Wilson. Okay. So, and I'm showing the book too, because sometimes what people like to do, and this is great, you know, do a screenshot. Okay. Uh, so that you all can implement these books in your libraries. All right. So this book right here written by uh, the phenomenal researcher, uh, scholar, uh, activist, author. Okay. And so he just talks about, again, the developmental psychology of the Black child in terms of how our Black children have special unique needs uh, that have to be addressed in order, in order for them to uh, uh, grow up in a way where they have a healthy mindset. Okay. So a lot of times when I talk about in terms of the confidence that our Black children uh, must have and also being inundated uh, with a positive nurturing environment. Uh, these are the things in which I got from him that he talks about, all right? You know, so, I mean, he literally, um, just like when I was talking on, um, I went right to that page too, wow. <laughs> when I was, uh, me and uh, Ebony, we were having our conversation in our last episode and we were talking about the benefits of writing. And then, I mean, he talks about in here how that damage to the brain that somebody can experience physically, okay? And how it can, you know, um, limit your creativity, okay? Um, it can limit your, it can cause difficulty in solving verbal problems, all these different things that we see in a lot of our children. He talks about how the racism, the oppression, the, uh, the issues that we have in terms of the economic, uh, you know, uh, oppression that we deal with in the black community, all of that can contribute to uh, brain damage, okay? So that's not some physical brain damage, but all of those things that I mentioned, that's dealing with societal brain damage that our black children are faced with, all right? And so he, of course, he gives the research and he also gives solutions. So that's what I'm about, all right? So this is the first book, all right? All right, so I'm gonna stack that right there. The next one right here, bam, all right? This one, <laughs> y'all already know. I didn't reference her so many times. She's my virtual mentor, okay? She just don't know it, y'all. My plan, I'm going to meet that lady. Okay, I'm going to meet Miss Sister, Mrs. Dr. Joy DeGruy, okay? All right, inshallah, God willing, mark my words, all right? So she wrote the book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing. That's what I love about this book. All right, I'm starting to read this book again. And this is actually the revised version. So I read her other, you know, the one before she, her first version. So I'm going to be reading uh, this edition, okay? So right here, oh man, she's a phenomenal storyteller too, y'all. I just love how she'll give the research and then she'll give these stories. And she just does it in such an elegant, engaging way where you just like, and you're like, man, what? You just like, you were there, okay? 
And so, but she just breaks down in terms of a lot of the different things that we have passed on in the black community as culture, but she breaks it down and say, oh, no, 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 no. That is a maladaptive behaviors, okay, that we have put in our community so that we can survive a toxic hell like slavery that our ancestors endured, okay? So, you know, she gives the famous story um, where she talks about how the black mother and the white mother and how, you know, the white mother, you know, excuse me, the black mother starts telling the white mother, oh yeah, you know, I heard your son is doing great. You know what I'm saying? School and both of them had their sons sitting on, on either side of them. Okay. On both sides. So you had the white mom and then her son and the black mom and her son. And so then the black mother, she's telling, oh yeah, I heard your son is doing excellent, you know? And then the white mother, she starts talking about, oh, you know, yes, you know, he is, he's doing phenomenal and, you know, he's in the talented um, and gifted class. And, you know, his uncle is an astronaut. See, I know this story, honey, y'all, because I didn't heard it many times and I didn't read it. Okay. I love this example. So let me get back to it. And so uh, so the white mother, so she's basically, you know, she's feeling all good about herself. She's like, oh, yes, you know, my 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 son, he's the bomb, right? <laughs> but then she thought for a minute, she's like, wait a minute, your son, he's doing better than my son. He's excelling. He's doing great. The black mother immediately says, oh, girl, nah, that boy, he a mess. You know, I had to go off on him the other day. And so Dr. Joy DeGruy, talks about how that particular incident that black people definitely have either experienced or have done to your own children. She said that goes back to the slave plantation. What does it go back to? Now take it back to the slave plantation. You have the mother, she's picking cotton, cleaning up, whatever it is she doing for the, for the stinking enslaver. He comes over the enslaver, the master, and he tells her, he said, uh, I notice, you know, your, your, uh, your boy, he looks like he's doing well. He looks like he's coming along really well. And the black mother immediately retorts with, oh, no, no, sir. No, 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 no. He's shiftless. He's lazy. He, he don't know what he's doing. You know, he, he always moving slow, always got to correct him. No, so no, no boss. The reason why she does that, because she knows that that master will try to sell her son. She knows that that master will eventually keep looking at her son and be like, you know what? He'll be better in another plantation. I can get money for him. She knows that already. So what does she do? She denigrates him. She makes him look like he's nothing to protect him. Now, fast forward to the story I told you in the beginning. And again, this came from Dr. Joy DeGruy. She gives the story eloquently in this book, okay? And so she talks about how that was passed down from the slave plantation. That's something we gotta get rid of. That's why that mother, even though she knows her boy, is brilliant. She knows her boy is excelling Brad. She knows it. But she's like, you know what? 
I'm not going to let you know that even though I feel proud because that was something that was passed down from the slave plantation. Did that mother have to do that? It wasn't like that, that white mom was going to try to sell her son or anything. No, but again, if you are continuously doing all of these uh, different things that was uh, toxic because you were trying to survive a hell, guess what? It becomes a part of your DNA and you wind up passing it down from generation to generation. And this is why we see a lot in our communities where we do certain things and folks try to tout it off as, you know, well, this is culture. Just like you have in a black community, unfortunately, you know, you've got these holiday seasons coming up and you have folks who they get ready for, you know, we're going to have a family argument. We know we're going to have a family fight. Why, why, why do you have to have a family argument and family fight? Why do our children got to brace themselves for, you know, that uncle or that mom or that dad, you know, or that auntie about to get drunk. And then next thing you know, they about to start arguing, bringing up stuff about, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you were talking about me that last time. These are family members. But these are things, unfortunately, that have taken place in the Black community that has got passed down. And people try to look at that as, oh, that's just what they do. They just fight. You know what I'm saying? They just cuss each other out. Why it got to be like that, though? Why does it have to be that's what they just do? How come we can't say, you know what, that's toxic. It's not helpful. How is it freeing us as a community? We still in the same boat. We still got to look outside and see the same conditions that we see, where it's just craziness, no economic thriving development, not educating our own. We still got to keep getting help and governmental assistance. We still got to do all of these things, but then we want to come and act like this is helpful. The family fight, the family argument, hell to the no, period. All right. So again, like I said, these are things in which I am bringing to you all so you all can start putting implementing in your libraries so you all can begin to undo all of this damage that was done and created by the false notion of white supremacy. This is how the false notion of white supremacy thrives. They love to see us oppressed. They love to see us in a position where we're infighting, where we are not trying to learn. Okay, we are not trying to grow, all right? Where we are doing everything we can to look at each other like, I don't trust you, I don't like you, I ain't about to support you, what? You know what I'm saying? You did this wrong. Look, oh, you sold me this product, you know what I'm saying? And it had a, you know, it had this little hole in it or whatever. And you, all of these different things, no type of giving you the benefit of the doubt, no kind of trust, all of that stuff. All of that stuff was done by the sick devilish system of this false notion of white supremacy slash racism, period. And so we have to push back against it. All right. So let me give you some other books. All right. So now I gave you books for my adults. Okay. All right. Again, post-traumatic and the developmental psychology of the black child. All right. So now I'm about to go into some children's books. Okay. So this one, this is a great book. All right, and I'm not gonna give too much. I know I went a little more in the post-traumatic, but I had to, y'all. That that book right there, that's oh, that's crucial. So, what color is my world? Okay, by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the lost history of African American inventors. All right, Raymond Opsfeld uh, helped him with this book, illustrated by Ben Booz and A. G. Ford. All right, 
All right, so this book right here, I mean, simply put, it just has in here about the different Black inventors that a lot of us have not even heard about. I'll give an example. Did you know that the ice cream scoop was invented by a Black man named Alfred Kroll? Okay. I, I, I was so happy to hear about that because I just absolutely love ice cream, <laughs> period. Then I found out that a Black man made ice cream scoop. Like, what? So I really got to have some ice cream, even though I don't be using ice cream scoop all like that. It's so funny. I just get my spoon, whatever. But anyway, sidebar. But yeah, so this book right here talks about that, all these different inventors, um, the 3D concept of the 3D glasses that was made by a Black woman, Dr. Valerie Thomas. I think she may even still be living. Yeah, she is. Yep, Dr. Valerie Thomas, illusion transmitter. So right here. Okay, awesome. I turn right to her page. Ooh, love it. All right. So right here, this book, please add this to your library. Okay. This book right here, great book. All right. This book, JD and the Great Barber Battle, written by Jay Dillard, illustrated by Akeem S. Roberts. This is a great book for our, I would say, second, third, fourth, fifth graders. I mean, well into middle school. You know, this book is a great chapter book. Um, it talks about uh, the main character is JD and how he started um, with uh, becoming a barber. Okay. And so great story, entrepreneurship, family, all of those things, man. I just absolutely, and then it, you know, got the grandparents in there as well, which is something that we know um, in the black community, uh, we understand very well how the grandparents, the great grandparents, you know, they are the ones, are the rocks. They are the foundations, okay? So I just, I love that. I love everything about that book, all right? This book right here, all right? The Unspeakable, The Tulsa Race Massacre, all right? Written by Carol Boston Weatherford, illustrated by the late Floyd Cooper. Oh man, every time I just see his name, because he died, I believe it was last year, y'all. And um, yeah, so, but with, with all of that being said, this book right here, it talks about Black Wall Street, okay? It talks about uh, how Black Wall Street got started, and it also talks about how it was destroyed, again, by what? The False Notion of White Supremacy, okay? So this is a great children's book, and the one thing I'm going to tell you all real quick with the children's books, a lot of times, use those children's books to talk about history, you don't always have to go to the to a big, thick uh, scholarly journal or some type of scholarly big 900 page book. Start off with books like this and you will learn a lot. OK, from these children's books. Shout out to my my sister friend, uh, Rukaya. She had mentioned that before, too, um, and how basically with a lot of these children's books, they give a lot of great information, a lot of great lessons. And so uh, don't, don't be sleeping on them children's books, all right? That's why I got a stack of them that I'm showing you guys. This one right here, Radiant Child, okay? This is written by Javica Steptoe, all right? And this is the story of the young artist, Jean-Michel Basquiat, all right? So he was a phenomenal um, African-American artist. He had died very young, um, unfortunately. He had, you know, a lot of different battles, I believe, with drugs and different things of that nature. Uh, so, but with all that being said, again, this book right here, I hope that, um, I hope I have these books in the camera so you all can see. <laughs> all right, let me, let me make sure I get in the camera good. All right, so here, right here, so I'm gonna show the book. Bam. All right, so this book, The Book Itch, Freedom, Truth, and Harlem's Greatest Bookstore, and all these books that I'm showing you all, I have read all of them, okay? 
This is written by Vonda Michelle Nelson, illustrated by R. Gregory Christie. All right, so again, this book talks about that great bookstore that was in Harlem, Black Bookstore. Okay, goes into the story about um, how uh, Michelle, because this is about her father, okay, Vonda Michelle, she's writing this about her father and how he wanted to open up a bookstore, went to the bank to try to get a loan. They were like, Black people don't read? What you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Black people reading? Never. So he was like, no, they weren't going to give him, you know what I'm saying, a loan. So he was like, that's all right. <laughs> watch what I do. Y'all know how we do as Black people. Come on now. All right. So next book here. Bam. I love this book too. The Secret Garden of George Washington Carver, written by Jean Beretta, illustrated by Frank Morrison. Okay. So this phenomenal children's book, this talks about George Washington Carver and his relationship with plants. Okay, and how he believed they, you know, he spoke to the plants, they spoke to him, okay, and, and meaning that he had that connection, not, not in no just like weird way, you know what I'm saying, but he had that connection, okay, with the plants, all right, so that's how he was able uh, to, to be able to make many different things from the peanut and, you know, grow many different crops, in fact, uh, what's his name, Henry Ford, actually, that's how he got that plant, how you have the plants now when you go into these different plants where they're, you know, where people work in these, you know, uh, industrial plants. He got that concept from George Washington Carver. Okay. Yes. Next book right here. All right. Carter reads the newspaper. I love this book too. Oh my goodness. Great little book written by Deborah Hopkinson, illustrated by Dante. Shout out Dante. Oh man, that brother just know he, know he make illustrations just come to life, y'all. Brother bad. Okay. So this talks about, this book talks about Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Um, he is known as the father of Black History Month. All right. You know, and, you know, basically going through his journey of how he was reading okay, to the elders that he was working with, all right, in the, um, I think it was in the coal mines and everything like that, and so, and they paid him by uh, giving him treats he loved to eat, he loved sweets and treats and stuff, okay, and so they would have, like, these, quote, unquote, reading parties, and he would, like, read the newspapers and what was going on in the community, all right, and so that right there, Things like this, we have to know this. Our children need to know about this history so they can be empowered. We, we, we need to know about this history so we can be empowered. Next book right here. All right, Muhammad Ali. Again, it's another book written by Jean Beretta, illustrated by Frank Morrison, okay? So this book, y'all know Muhammad Ali is talked about big time. A champion is born, okay? And this book is great because it goes into how, um, the reason why he got into boxing and, and how, uh, someone stole his new bicycle, okay? So that was the beginning of who we wind up getting, Muhammad Ali as a champ, okay? It all started with a stolen bike, okay? Bam, this book right here, Crown, hello, an ode to the fresh cut, written by Derek Barnes, illustrated by Gordon C. James. I had a chance to meet these phenomenal brothers here. Oh my goodness, when they came here to Cleveland, y'all, uh, my goal is to get uh, that brother Derek uh, Barnes here in Cleveland, okay, mark my words as well, to come on back to the city of East Cleveland. But this book right here, Crown, this talks about a boy going to get his hair cut, all right, 
uh, going to the barbershop and just talking about that barbershop experience. Again, this is Black culture, Black experiences. This is what our children need, okay? This is what they need to be affirmed, all right? So they, when they walk into spaces, they don't walk into spaces with their heads down and apprehensive and timid and, oh, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Or they, they become just overly, you know, aggressive, right? There's no balance. They come in, what you looking at? No, 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 no. You can be chill. You can be kind. You can be nice. All right. You can be thoughtful and you can still be someone who's confident and brave, have courage. Okay. This is what our children need. All right. So now I'm about to go into some girls. I know we, we saw a lot of the boys, which is good. Okay. Now I'm going to go into a couple of girl girly girl books okay i'm a pretty little black girl all right written by betty k bynum illustrated by claire armstrong parrot okay i love this book because too it shows the different shades of black people okay you know sometimes you know especially too in our quest for uh making sure that black people are represented sometimes they you know we may see like a lot of you know, just one particular hue of Black people, maybe just more brown, you know what I'm saying, or something like that. But we are, we come in all shades, hence, hello, <laughs> Black, okay, you know, brown, caramel, all right, you know, butter peaking, you know what I'm saying? Let me stop and bring it in some, oh, some, uh, what's my boy, what's that, uh, Wu-Tang, I forgot, y'all, y'all know what's him up. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that's a great book, all right? Great affirmation, you know what I'm saying, book for our Black girls in particular, all right? And, and the different hair textures too, because everybody don't have the, everybody's not gonna have, you know, the wavy or the curly, you know, you should love your kinky coils, okay? All right, for my Black girls out there, love your Afro puffs, okay? Rock them, okay? I rock rough and tough with my Afro puffs, hey, right. Okay, yeah. All right, so yeah. Next, we got, ah, y'all know, all right, representation. That's right, look. Oh, we twins. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this book right here, The Proudest Blue, y'all. This is written by Olympic medalist Iftihaj Muhammad with S.K. Ali, written by, excuse me, art by Hatim Ali. Okay, this is a story of hijab and family. And of course, this is great. Why? You know, because again, um, right now, uh, we have over 1.8 billion Muslims across the globe. And a lot of people who become Muslim are from the African-American community. And those of you who are listening and watching, you all know that. I'm quite sure you all either know a Muslim or you got a Muslim in your family, period. You should know by now in 2022 what a hijab is. If you don't, then you've been sleeping under a rock, okay? All right. And as you see, I got on what? A hijab. All right. So great story. Again, representation. All right. Affirmation. All of these things matter. OK, period. And another sidebar um, as well, but it's all connected. Um, did you know that at least about one third, if not more of the population of our enslaved African ancestors, they were Muslim. All right. All right. And so here. This coloring book, I just got this from Dr. Swad. Oh my goodness. I love, I just love the visuals. All right. I mean, right here, it's like the dopeness is real. Okay. And this is just a coloring book. Okay. Sometimes you don't want the words. Okay. Sometimes our children and even us as adults, you just want to see the images. And a lot of people are into coloring. 
Okay, that's a way that that helps with people's mental health or having those coloring books and everything. So again, these are books that I advise that you get, you add to your library. All right, I got a few more and then we will be done, all right? And hopefully you all are able to get these screenshots. Again, this book right here, Malcolm Little, all right? This book was written by Ilyasa Shabazz, his daughter, okay? And illustrative uh, A.G. Ford. Uh, as you all can hear, a lot of these illustrators you know, they dominate that space. I, I believe he's uh, African-American, if I'm not mistaken. The boy who grew up to become Malcolm X, all right? This book is great because it talks about with uh, Malcolm X, of course, when he was Malcolm Little, it talks about his parents, Earl Little and Louise Norton Little, okay? His foundation, his roots, how he became such a powerful orator. He got that from his daddy. Okay, his daddy used to speak at the church churches and he used to empower the black people, tell them rise up because they were what? They were Garveyites. Okay, these were people who had followed the teachings of Mark, the Honorable Mosiah Marcus Garvey. This is history. This is what we should know. Because, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to white folks, well, a lot of times what they try to do, they try to, that's why they like disconnection. That's why they like to dismember things. All right, speaking of dismembering, think, think about that nasty, sick. I hope y'all ain't watching that either. That old sick, uh, I don't even really want to mention the name, but that person who was eating folks, okay? All right, he was a devil. I ain't even gonna call him a person. You know, but majority of the people who were getting eaten were black folks. But guess what? That, again, that goes back into slavery. All of that, you know, black folks being consumed, you know what I'm saying, literally consumed by those parasites, the sick, devilish, twisted, twisted, demented mentality of that false notion of white supremacy. If you ain't a white person who owned John Brown stuff, John Brown, he was the one who was galvanizing black folks to rise up against the enslavers and kill them. And y'all know they lynched him for that, right? They don't play that. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. You ain't gonna never team with them, with, with black folks and you white. John Brown was white. He was a white man who was a rider. Please go and look him up, okay? He was down for all people. All right, here we go. The Undefeated, okay? Written by Kwame Alexander, illustrated by Kadir Nelson, all right? I love, I mean, the visuals, bam. I mean, and uh, Kadir Nelson, I mean, please. I, I don't know y'all. His artwork, I mean, it's like, dang, man. I mean, did you get every detail? Like the sweat, everything? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This book right here, I mean, phenomenal. Let me just open it real quick. A lot of you probably, I mean, look at the dopeness, okay? But again, this book just goes into the journey of how black people, you know, how the resilience, how we're able to overcome all of the sicknesses, and I'm not saying that we need to go through all these sicknesses to be resilient, because we shouldn't have to go through all that. That's why, again, I went back to talking about post-traumatic, okay? You know, we should not have to deal with all of this hell-bound trauma, and then we like, yeah, see, we rose up. That's what we used to. We got to stop that, for real. We have to stop that. That's why we have to change how we're doing in our communities and our families, okay? You know, we cannot get our children accustomed to toxicity, and then pray and hope <laughs> that they turn out to be the undefeated, okay? Because the stories don't always end like that for Black people either. 
you know, because that's why it's not, that's anti-human to have a person go through just toxic hell, all right, and then be talking about, okay, so now you gotta, all right, so now you about to get up and be resilient. No, you have folks, man, who went through that toxicity and they got mental issues. They literally are dealing with a lot of stuff, okay? So, uh, so yeah, so that's why, you know, again, I'm saying we have to be uh, intentional about making sure that we are creating a foundation of health, of a healthy mindset. And in these stack of books that I sh showed you, this was like a total of 18, I believe, that can be a place where you can start. And I'm gonna end on this note right here. This book I just received from Dr. Swad. Again, she has been an awesome donor to our organization, ABC Read. This book right here, fun book, y'all. End with this. This book, oh my goodness, the world belonged to us. I just read this last night to my son, uh, Yusuf, and it's written by Jacqueline Woodson, phenomenal African-American author, illustrated by Leo Espinosa, okay? So this book, um, it talks about how, you know, they were doing all these different, you know, activities outside. This is, it uh, takes place in Brooklyn. And, um, but the storyline in terms of the double dutch, in terms of getting your hair, you know, done right here. Okay, I love this one, right? With the little girl, she gets her hair straightened, she gets it, she gets it curled. But then she talks about how when she went outside and they it was hot outside, so they were playing because this is a story talking about them uh, getting ready for, you know, school is over, you know, no more uh, having to study and all of that type of stuff, right? No more books. <laughs> and they are outside kicking it, doing the fire hydrant and everything and her hair gets wet all right so it went from hey hey curly to bam back to its natural state and she's still looking good all right so with all that being said woo, that's it y'all that's what i have for you all this episode i hope that this was beneficial i hope this is a way that can help you uh springboard into uh changing that mindset that narrative in your home and and you see with all these colorful books right these books oh my goodness who wouldn't want these books in their library you know black people man we are just dope all right we have a lot of talents creativity we beautiful all of the above okay and you make sure that you own that and all of that is a blessing from Allah a blessing from one God of course again for those of you who don't know I say Allah but I also say one God, because so you all can know that's what I mean. Not, Allah is not separate. You know, so I know sometimes people think, well, see, that's a separate God. No, it's just Arabic for one God. Even the Christians, okay, in Saudi Arabia who speak Arabic, guess what? They call God Allah, all right? It's just Arabic for one God. So with all that being said, you all, that's it. That's what I have for you all. And please, please remember to keep putting that 30 minutes a day in your reading, all right? Making sure your children see you read for my adults out there and making sure you have the kids read to you, all right, as well. So you all take care and thank you all for listening to episode 39, season two of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. Thank you. Peace. Hey, y'all. Like I told you all, oh my goodness, y'all. I dropped 18 books on y'all, okay? 18, okay? And again, these were books for the whole family. 
So if you were able to, make sure you got screenshots, all right? Make sure that you wrote these titles down, okay? Because it's important. Our children need to see themselves reflected. This is the way, this is the antithesis of uh, the false notion of white supremacy, okay? Remember, these are the things in which that these racist white folks did to uh, put the narrative of white people are superior, white people are beautiful. Think about why, why is it that to this day in 2022, you still have little black girls who are just, they wish that their hair was straight. Nothing wrong with straight hair. There's nothing wrong with straight hair styles. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying though, if you are like, I hate my hair that grows out of my head naturally, I hate that. I want it to be straight, that's a problem. But guess what, that was done on purpose. And so in order to undo something, you have to do the very opposite of it, okay? So if you were always shown hate, what combats hate? Love, mercy, compassion, okay? So with all of that being said, I hope that you all um, were able to get those lists. And of course, you know, you can always rewind. That's why. I, that's the beauty of technology, recording, right? <laughs> Just go and press rewind, go back, listen to it again, watch it again, okay? And now for some housekeeping, for those of you who are looking for a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor, uh, please go to abclearntutoring.com, click on that free reading assessment, all right, so I can help your child with their fluency, all right, with their sight words, for those of you who are just getting your babies into reading and you are a little concerned and you're like, you know, they're five or six years old and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, they're still struggling with their sounds or they're still struggling with maybe sight words and you want to get them ahead or you want to get them up to par, please, again, go to my website, abclearntutoring.com, pre-K through fourth grade. I'm your girl. And yes, I tutor online, all right? Also, our organization, ABC Read, our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities. And we do that by uh, making sure that we give books, just like the books I showed you all in the episode, like this, all right, new or gently used. We have dope reading events that we've had um, on the east side of Cleveland, all right? And uh, we also provide healthy snacks as well because it is a must. That's an integral part of us having that great brain development, all right? Putting healthy foods in our bodies, okay? So nothing wrong with sometimes the little treats, but we also got to make sure we have more of the healthy, okay? All right. And please go to our website, abcread.org. We just got uh, redone. Oh my goodness. A uh, shout out uh, to uh, uh, the brother, uh, brother Simon uh, Lewis. Um, he redid our website. Shout out to him. Phenomenal job. And uh, make sure you all go check it out. And make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. And make sure you also subscribe to our ABC Read YouTube channel as well. All right. So I'm going to have two separate channels. I have ABC Read, which I already have already. Um, but I don't usually promote that. So I'm going to start promoting that one now. Make sure you subscribe to that one because then I'll upload things that are directly related to our nonprofit. So whatever activities, whatever events that we have, I'll upload it there. But if you want read alouds, if you want to see the inside looks of my uh, tutoring sessions, go to my Reading is Freedom channel, okay? And uh, 
yeah, and make sure you subscribe, you know, to uh, the podcast, make sure you rate it, make sure you give it great reviews, make sure you share it, share, 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 sharing is caring. And I'm going to leave you all, I showed you all the books already, so I don't have to tell you about, you know, uh, any more books. I can tell, well, I can tell you about the book I've been reading. I've been reading the book, The Delectable Negro, um, that book. Uh, is not, yeah, The Delectable Negro, exactly. That book that talks about how white people have been consuming black people literally. Like this whole, you know, uh, dismembering and then eating our people. Yeah, that book right there. It, it, it ain't no joke, okay? But you gotta know the history as to why you see a lot of that cannibalism and how how you have these white races. They they like that, that bloody meat and all that. It's, it's, it's some history to that, okay? All right. And I'm also rereading the post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome written by Dr. Joy DeGruy as well. And so I'm going to leave you all with this quote. All right. And this, this quote comes from the uh, rap artist Black Thought. It's imperative to change the narrative. All right. That came from his uh, one of his uh, latest uh, rap songs. All right. Black Thought. All right. He was from the group uh, The Roots. Okay, it's imperative to change the narrative. Thank you all for listening again to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. This was episode 39, season two. Thank you all for listening. Please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day.